Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Friday. I know that I said that I was going to have an interview today with Christopher Rufo. I'm actually going to uh, publish that next Friday. Today, I wanted to take time to talk about Breonna Taylor and this case. Yet again, violent riots are ravaging a city, this time the city of Louisville, Kentucky. And so we need to talk about this case, what actually happened, what the verdict was, what the controversy is, and, and bust some myths and once again, remind ourselves what justice actually looks like, in particular, according to the God who created it. So that is what we are going to discuss today. I am tired, as I'm sure a lot of you guys are. I stayed up late last night. I'm recording this on Thursday. And so on Wednesday night, I stayed up late just trying to gather as many details as I could to make sure that I can give y'all the most accurate portrayal portrayal as as possible and just like after the George Floyd incident i want to speak the truth in love and when i say in love i i really mean that. I uh, want to show compassion. I want to show sympathy. I want to make clear that Breonna Taylor uh, was a human being made in the image of God. That means that her life mattered just as much as anyone else's. And it is a tragedy that she died. That said, it is not loving for me to simply latch on to the mainstream dogma because it makes me sound like like uh, some kind of hero, or it makes me sound like some kind of of social justice hero, and uh, who wants to solicit some kind of praise for being on quote the right side of history. As tempting as that is, when things like this happen, to just say, uh, you know, jump on to the emotional mainstream narrative, I don't think that's loving. I don't think that's kind. I don't think that's empathetic. As I've said before, false narratives kill. The two police officers that were shot in Compton, that is in part a result of the false narrative that white police officers are going out and hunting Uh, unarmed black people and that disproportionately the black community is being targeted by fatal force by the police, as we have talked about so many times on this podcast, that is simply not factual. That's not factual. And we'll talk about that a little bit more today. Facts matter. The truth matters. It is not unloving. It is not unkind. It is not racist. It is not lacking compassion to make sure that we know the facts of the case, to clarify what went on and to dig into this verdict to be able to discern whether or not justice truly was executed. And I'm going to try my best to do that today. I'm just, you know, a finite, fallible person. And so there's certainly a possibility that I get things wrong. And as always, it's incumbent upon you to do your own research. You guys hold me accountable. If I say something that's wrong or needs further clarity, you guys tell me and I do my best to uh, correct that as soon as I can. And so this episode is no different. Uh, So let's talk about what happened. Like I said, violent riots have broken out in Louisville, Kentucky, where two officers have been shot in in those riots. And uh, this uh, 
began after news came out that only one officer in the Breonna Taylor case was indicted. And he was indicted for endangerment because he fired a weapon, the bullets of which apparently went uh, into an adjacent apartment. Apparently, he uh, fired his gun without being able to see where his gun was pointed. It was the bullets went in a direction that was out of his line of sight and potentially endangered uh, the three people that were in the adjacent apartment. And so he has been indicted on that charge. And that is a class D felony. Now, the reason why people are upset is because people say that because Breonna Taylor was shot and killed by the police, that these police officers, all of them should be charged with murder. But homicide in the state of Kentucky and in all states has a specific definition. And there is some level of intentionality that is required to convict someone of homicide, to convict someone of murder. And after months of investigations, they have found that there was not an intentionality there to kill anyone, uh, but especially in particular to kill Brianna Taylor. Does that mean that her life it doesn't matter that it's being minimized? Not at all. But let's talk a little bit more about what actually happened. Um, unfortunately, there's been a lot of misinformation uh, going on about this. We have heard that the police officers were in the wrong apartment, that uh, she was uh, not even supposed to be a part of their investigation, that they went into the wrong place and they just shot and killed her without any regard whatsoever to her life. Well, that's not true. I'm going to link a USA Today article. I think that they did a very good and thorough and pretty fair job of assessing the situation and giving us all of the facts. I am not going to get into every single nook and cranny of this. I'm going to summarize it. But like I said, I will include this link in the description, either on YouTube or uh, on whatever podcast app you are, are listening and you should read this article yourself and you should dig into it. But to summarize, the police, after months of surveillance and investigation, had reason, lots of reasons, uh, to believe that Breonna Taylor was heavily involved in a notorious narcotics ring in Louisville. Her name and address were on the warrant. So it is simply not true that... Uh, that this was a mistaken entry, that they accidentally went to the wrong place. She was not the center of this investigation, but she was very closely uh, correlated to, connected to the center of this investigation. She, uh, the, the center of this investigation is actually already a convicted drug dealer, and he is heard on a recorded uh, jailhouse phone call saying that Breonna Taylor handled all of his money from these deals. Uh, he was seen delivering packages to Breonna Taylor's home, and uh, there were a, a variety of factors that played into their suspicions that Breonna Taylor was uh, playing a role in this narcotics ring. So the police, after months of investigation, they finally get a warrant and uh, they go to their home. And as is corroborated by an eyewitness, they did knock and they did announce themselves. That was another piece of misinformation that we have been hearing for months now, that it was a no knock warrant, meaning that you are able to just 
go into a home without announcing yourselves, which sometimes is actually necessary if you are busting up an active drug ring. Um, As I was reading, it is uh, very common for drug dealers to protect their drugs with guns. And so sometimes it is uh, necessary for police to not announce themselves. But in this case, it was not a no-knock warrant. They did knock. They did announce themselves. They did break down the door and And after knocking, after announcing themselves, uh, Kenneth Walker, who was allegedly Breonna Taylor's boyfriend at the time, uh, shot at the officers and shot one of the officers in the thigh. And it was after that that the two other police officers shot uh, at Kenneth Walker. And unfortunately, uh, a bullet only grazed Kenneth Walker and actually shot Breonna Taylor. I think it was uh, six or so times. And very tragically, she died. Now, I don't know the exact positioning of them. Apparently, they were standing side by side. How it's possible that he was only grazed with a bullet and she was shot six times? I'm not totally sure. Did he use her as a human shield? I, I, I don't uh, I don't know. But those are the circumstances that were surrounding her uh, tragic death. We don't know for sure that Brianna Taylor was involved in a drug dealing ring. We believe in innocence until proven guilty. But according to police reports, they had several reasons to believe she was. That is why not uh, not her death was justified, but that is why the warrant was justified. There's been an argument that they should have never been there in the first place. Well, they actually had a lot of reasons to believe that they should be there. So I'm not saying that because she may have been involved in a narcotics ring that that's a a death sentence and that her uh, death was justified. But the presence of the police there uh, was apparently justified. Okay, I got to take a quick break to tell you guys about a brand that I really like, and that is Shapermen. They create awesome shapewear that smooths you out, makes you feel comfortable in your clothes. I've got some of their leggings that they sent me in. They really are just so comfortable, and they just make you feel good. Don't you like clothes and leggings that make you feel good? Shapermen does just that, but they don't only have leggings. They also have shapewear, tank tops, shorts, bodysuits, and more. They really do have shapewear for every occasion. Shapewear from Shapermen. Uh, gives a polished look and long-lasting comfort no matter what you are wearing. So it's just super convenient and uh, you really can use it for any occasion. Unlike the leading brands, Shapewear from Shapermint is super affordable. I can attest to that. You should go online and look at some of their prices. You will be blown away really high quality stuff, high quality fabric, but for a fraction of the price of what you are used to. Um, And if you are in love with your shapewear purchase, you can exchange or return it within 60 days. No questions asked. That is the Shapermint 100% confidence guarantee. In addition to the everyday discounts and promos Shapermint has on their website, I have a deal just for my listeners to save you an extra 10% on your order, but you have to go to shapermint.com slash Allie and use my code Allie. That is shapermint.com slash Allie, A-L-L-I-E, code Allie to get my exclusive listener at a discount of an extra 10% on your order. Shapermint.com slash Allie, code Allie. (music) 
Chris Cuomo repeated this lie that the attorneys of Kenneth Walker had repeated that, oh, Kenneth Walker, he didn't actually uh, he he's not the one who shot the police officer. So the shooting back was completely unjustified. They tried to make the case that the police just came in there and started shooting them while Breonna Taylor was in bed. Well, that's not true. That has been contradicted by uh, by evidence. Attorney General Daniel Cameron of Kentucky pointed out, quote, in addition to all the testimony, the ballistics report shows that the round that struck Sergeant Mattingly, that is the police officer that was shot by Kenneth Walker, was fired from a nine millimeter handgun. The LMPD officers fired 40 caliber handguns. So Chris Cuomo said on CNN, The same thing that Walker's attorneys had been trying to say, that it was actually friendly fire from the police officers uh, that uh, that hit Sergeant Mattingly. But uh, those were different bullets. The the police officers were using guns with particular bullets and uh, Kenneth Walker was using a gun with a particular bullet. And the bullets that Kenneth Walker was using matches the bullet that was in Sergeant Mattingly's thigh. Uh, So. Uh, Chris Cuomo is repeating a lie. The attorneys tried to uh, push this lie, but it is simply not true. From what we know, Walker shot at the police. He struck the police officer in his thigh. Police officers shot back and tragically, accidentally, uh, Breonna Taylor died in the crossfire. Uh, was that intentional? According to the investigations and court, uh, according to the evidence that we have, it was not intentional. So this was never going to be a charge of murder. It just it just wasn't every uh, uh, attorney that you talk to, even uh, members of the NAACP that are that have been watching this case and following this case have said that it's just not possible for them to be charged with murder. That's just not a justifiable charge or justifiable indictment in this case. I want you to listen to a little bit of uh, the speech that was given, the announcement that was given by Attorney General Daniel Cameron after he lays out the case. He, I encourage you, by the way, I'll include the link to the entire speech. I encourage you to listen to the entire thing. He lays out the case. He's very slow. He's very methodical. He uh, lays out the, the evidence and the case that they are making to come to the conclusions that they did. And uh, he really... He really works hard to make sure that there is a lot of clarity and that people realize how difficult it was for them to come to this conclusion. But I think what he says here about justice is absolutely spot on. Mob justice is not justice. Justice sought by violence is not justice. It just becomes revenge. And in our system, criminal justice isn't the quest for revenge It's the quest for truth, evidence, and facts, and the use of that truth as we fairly apply our laws. So, of course, he's right. We have talked about this many times. Mob justice is not justice. Justice is not. And this is what I've realized a lot of these activists and and writers seem to not understand that justice is not just the uh, greatest and most severe consequence possible because something happened 
that was bad. Like that is not justice. We have due process. We have a, a system. We had a grand jury, a jury of of their peers here uh, going through the process and looking at the evidence, hearing the arguments, and through that found that there was no intentionality there in killing anyone in that apartment, in particular Breonna Taylor, which means there's not going to be a charge of murder. And the one officer that was indicted, the reason why the endangerment charge uh, wasn't about his endangerment of Breonna Taylor's life is because they didn't find that in shooting uh, towards Kenneth Walker and uh, towards Breonna Taylor, that that he was acting in a way that lacked care and caution. But when he shot in the direction of another apartment without even looking uh, that is uh, how that is when they determined that he was not using the proper care and caution. And so they went through the process. They sought the truth. They looked at the evidence. It would have been a lot easier, guys, for them, uh, you know, according to public opinion, for them to uh, charge these people, to convict these people, indict these police officers uh, on, on, on the charges of murder. That would have been the popular thing for them to do. If you go to Daniel Cameron, he is a, a black man and he is a Republican, the first Republican AG in Kentucky since 1940. Um, he really is an, an incredible, an incredible guy and has done a really good job so far. If you go to his Instagram and you see the last post that he posted and all of the comments on there, I mean, you've never seen more racist comments in your life coming from so-called lovers of justice and uh, and um, advocates of equality for all, <laughs> as you will see on that comment thread on his latest Instagram, because he did not do what they want. Now, these people cannot articulate what real justice would look like and why murder charges are actually real justice. Again, justice is not the most severe punishment for a, a case that you think solicits it. That is not what justice is. Justice is due process, looking at the truth in judging impartially. As we've talked about 100 million times on this podcast, true justice, biblical justice, which is the only true justice because God created justice and the whole due process system is based on God's system of justice in the Bible, whether you like it or not. True justice is impartial. It is direct, it is proportionate. It is truthful. And it sounds like from this process, that is what the AG, that is what the court sought in this case. Okay, let me interrupt your regularly scheduled programming one more time to tell you guys once again about an awesome company, and that is Gabby Insurance, G-A-B-I Insurance. When you've had the same car insurance or homeowner's insurance for years, you kind of get trapped into thinking that maybe you have the, the best deal and that you're paying whatever you need to pay. But you might not realize that you're actually overpaying. And now is a time that you really want to save money however you can. And that is why Gabby exists. It takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive or Nationwide or Travelers. So all you have to do 
you go to their website, Gabby.com, and you'll link your current insurance account. And in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage that you currently have at competitive prices. And so we're not talking about getting on there and seeing worse coverage. We're talking about the exact same coverage as you currently have at a better price. Uh, Gabby customers save $825 per year on average. That is a big chunk of change that can really, it can make a difference for a lot of you. If they can't find you savings like uh, they do for so many people, then they will let you know so you can relax knowing you have the best rate out there. There's really nothing to lose. If you link your insurance and nothing comes up, you can just be comfortable knowing that, okay, I've got the best deal that I possibly can and there's nothing to worry about. There's no possibility of you saving money. They never sell your information. You don't have to worry about that. They really care about your privacy. So you don't have to worry about, you know, like annoying spam or robocalls or them leaking your your data, your insurance information. That's just not going to happen. It's totally free to check your rate. There is no obligation. So there's nothing to lose. Just take a few seconds right now and stop overpaying on your car and home insurance. Go to Gabby, that's G-A-B-I dot com slash relatable. That is G-A-B-I dot com slash relatable. Gabby dot com slash relatable. Let us remember as well, as people are saying, oh, this is because she was black and this is just another situation in which black people are degraded and their lives are minimized by the police and the justice system. Let us remember that a very similar situation happened around the same time to someone by the name, a white man by the name of Duncan Limp. He was reportedly sleeping in his home in March when cops entered actually using a no-knock warrant and shot and killed him and shot his pregnant girlfriend. Uh, They had received an anonymous tip that Duncan owned guns despite a juvenile criminal history that uh, prohibited him from owning guns until legally owning guns until he turned 30. They came in the front door, announced themselves as the police and went toward his bedroom. Police say that he didn't comply with orders, that he had a rifle at least somewhere close by and that he started moving toward the other room where other police officers were. And an officer shot and killed him and wounded his pregnant girlfriend, who was also sleeping in bed with him. And so far, we have not even seen the body cam footage. Uh, No officers have been charged in this case. And I'm not saying whether or not they should be. Uh, And I'm not defending Duncan Limp at all. I'm just saying this is a very similar situation to Breonna Taylor. And yet, even though some media did report on it, that's how I heard about it, like the Washington Post, hardly anyone knows his name. There are no protests. There are no riots. There is no arson. Uh, And yet, in Louisville, at least two officers have been shot in the riots. The city is burning down to the ground after the court announced its verdict. The media are saying this is yet another instance of the justice system disproportionately mistreating black people. And this narrative causes the riots and loss of more life and ruin lives. Remember, as we've talked about so many times, and I will link this source as well, for every instance of a black unarmed person being shot and killed by the police, there is at least one coordinating story of a white unarmed person being shot and killed by the police. Uh, In most cases, these are people who are resisting arrest in some way, but not always, not with Daniel Shaver, not with Justine Damon. Uh, We have talked about this so much. The reality is that there is no evidence of systemic racism in the police force. 
uh, there is uh, no evidence that there is systemic racial bias in the use of uh, fatal force in the police. Now, are there instances in which I believe both white and black people have been unjustly killed by the police? 100 percent. I've talked about those instances on this show. Justine Damon, a, a white woman who came out of her home after calling the after calling the police about what she thought was a sexual assault in her alley. She walked out of her front door in pink pajamas. A police officer shot and killed her. He only got 12 years in prison. He was not charged with murder. Um, so let's not act like this is only happening to one race. But the outrage is disproportional. The outrage is lopsided, not based on evidence, but because it is popular, because it stirs up your emotions, because it causes the chaos that the powers that be on the left want. They want the anarchy that comes with a race war. That is what they desire. And that is what they are stoking. Uh, You can call for police reforms. I've called for police reforms. I think we should get rid of police unions. I think we should get rid of all public unions for that matter. As Vody Bauckham said on this podcast, we can better train our police officers in tactics that allow them to disarm and disable a suspect without actually killing them. But that's not always possible. And by the way, the vast majority, over 99% of police interactions in this country every year in totally peacefully. And remember, looting and arson are not legitimate forms. They're not forms of justice at all. They're not legitimate forms of protest, but they're not forms of justice. God does not think so. God invented the idea of private property. People get really mad when I say that. But two commandments prove this to be true. Do not steal and do not covet. So not only are you not allowed to take your neighbor's stuff because it does not belong to you, you're not even allowed to want your neighbor's stuff. And Ten Commandments, because they're the moral law that God gave Israel, uh, are still binding on Christians today, even though the cleansing laws of the Old Testament are not, because Jesus became our cleansing and our sanctification once and for all. We are still bound to God's general ideas of justice. We are still bound to the morality that he reiterates uh, throughout scripture. So God takes private property seriously. People love to say, well, Jesus overturned the temple, uh, the, the temple tables. And so that means he would be out there rioting and spray painting and, and looting and all of that. We've talked about this once on the podcast, but just to reiterate, no, uh, that is not a defense of writing and and looting. That was his temple. That was his house. It was the moneylenders who had turned his temple into something that it wasn't supposed to be, who had desecrated it, who had defaced it with their theft. Jesus turning over the tables because of the moneylenders is actually a biblical defense of uh, private property. Matthew 21, 12 through 13. And Jesus and Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. That was his house. That was his property. Plus, Jesus is God. He owns everything. But in particular, that temple was Jesus's temple. Uh, So, no, this is not Jesus destroying other people's property. And by the way, Jesus has God's definition of justice, which, again, is truthful, direct, proportionate and impartial. 
And what I think a lot of writers and a lot of angry people on social media want is not impartial justice. They want partial justice. They want race-based justice. They want justice that is according to social media outrage. They want justice, and I use scare quotes, that is according to social media pressure. Guys, we are done for as a society. If Uh, If verdicts are decided based on what people are posting on social media, based on social media outrage, based on threats of rioting and looting and violence, uh, based on on pressure from the mob, like we are done for. That's not justice. That's not justice that a society cannot be built on that. You and I, people of every skin color are done for if courts are deciding the verdict uh, of cases based on uh, fear of the either proverbial mob, the metaphorical mob, or the real mob out in the streets. You have to look at the truth. You have to be impartial. You have to look at the evidence and the facts of the case. And maybe you still disagree with this verdict, but are you honestly disagreeing with the process? Do you think it would have been better if they had just caved to the mob and done what the mob wanted? And I'm also seeing a lot of people saying, "Okay, this is why we need to vote. Like I'm voting for Joe Biden because of Breonna Taylor. This is why I'm voting blue for Breonna Taylor. Guys, (laughs) the mayor of Louisville is a Democrat. The governor of, of Kentucky is a Democrat. This is true, by the way, in Kenosha and Wisconsin. Uh, Kenosha in Wisconsin. Uh, This is true of Minneapolis. This is true in all of the recent cases of alleged police brutality, sometimes alleged, sometimes real police brutality that Democrats are running these cities where not just these cases are arising, but also the riots are happening. And simultaneously, they're taking funding away from the police while violent crime is on the rise. All of those cities, all of those locales are run by Democrats. You're not seeing this kind of chaos in Republican run cities. So who are you going to vote for? So if a Democrat mayor and a Democrat governor and a left wing city council aren't doing it for you, what's a Democratic president going to do for you? I mean, really, the president, first of all, doesn't have a whole lot of jurisdiction. They can offer to send in help. And President Trump has done that multiple times in Portland, Seattle, now Louisville, in Kenosha. But the local leaders have to agree in most cases to that. They have to coordinate with the president. And a lot of Democratic leaders simply don't want to do that because they are so anti-Trump that they're actually willing to let their cities and states burn to the ground if it means that they don't have to work with Donald Trump and admit that, hey, maybe they need help from the Trump administration. But really, my question is, who are you going to vote for? You're saying to vote for Democrats because of Breonna Taylor, Louisville, Kentucky, run by Democrats. Now, uh, the AG, the Attorney General, Daniel Cameron, is a Republican. But like I said, well, he's first of all, he is the first uh, black person to be an attorney general in uh, in Kentucky ever. And he is the first Republican since 1948. So you've had a lot of white Democrats uh, in that position for decades and decades. And he is the first black person to hold that role. First Republican since 1948. He was voted for. He was voted into office fair and square. And so, sure, you can try to vote him out. Can you point to what he did wrong in this case? Can you point to where he mishandled it? If there's corruption there, if there's if there's bribery here, if there's a lack of justice here, tell me. 
And we can talk about it on this show because I hate that. Like, I hate duplicity. I hate bribery. I hate things like that that are going on behind the scenes and that kind of corruption and and manipulation and deceit. And so if that happened, then show me. And he absolutely should be voted out. But man, some of you guys are racist. You are racist and hateful toward him just because they landed on a conclusion based on the facts and the evidence that you don't like. Again, go look at some of the comments on Daniel Cameron's Instagram and you will see that all of these people that are vying for racial justice, they really, really hate black people that do not agree with them. A commentator on MSNBC said that uh, Daniel Cameron is uh, kinfolk, but not skinfolk, but not kinfolk. So not part of the black family, but simply shares the black skin. So the definition of blackness, according to these left wing activists, is that you have to agree with them. Like, is that not the definition of bigotry? Is that not the definition of small mindedness? Do all black people have to think the same way? All white people don't have to think the same way. Why do black people just according to the left, not the right, just according to the left have to be a monolith? Like, that's how you get someone like uh, Joe Biden getting away with saying, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. They uh, I guess they believe that there's a collective consciousness among black people that black people, for some reason, it seems the left believes aren't individuals like people of other races. It's very racist. It's very demeaning and patronizing. Daniel Cameron gave a a wonderful speech at the RNC where he called that out. And he said, Joe Biden, you know, basically told him that he's not black, but he has his own mind. He's made his own decisions. Yeah, black people can be Democrat and liberal. Black people can be Republican and conservative. They can they can be moderates because they're individuals. But again, in the world of critical race theory and the world of Marxism, which is what this is, splitting the world between oppressed and oppressors based not on actual experiences in reality, but simply based on your race and uh, your gender and other kinds of identity. You view people as collections. You view people as groups. Uh, You view people not as individuals with individual thoughts and experiences and and opinions and interpretations, uh, but you view them uh, according to their group identity. That kind of thinking never lends itself to justice because you're not looking at things objectively. You're looking at things subjectively through the lens of critical race theory, which has no power, no ability. It's against its nature to bring about truth and justice because it calls oppressors, people who have a certain skin color, whether or not they have actually been oppressors. It calls oppressed people of a certain skin color, whether or not they've actually been oppressed. And that is not innocent until proven guilty. Like you're assigning innocence and guilt to people based on their skin color. Again, that is not God's definition of justice. Thank God for that. Thank God for that, that we have an impartial judge that is not going to judge people when we stand before the throne of God, according to our skin color, or whether or not critical race theorists categorized us as oppressed versus oppressors because of our skin color. I thank the Lord that God's justice is truthful, impartial, and direct and proportionate. Uh, Joe Biden had a statement. He responded like this on Twitter. Uh, We must continue to speak Breonna Taylor's name. Now, let me pause right there. You guys need to go listen to the Just Thinking podcast. They did an episode called The Church of BLM that talks about um, this, uh, what you hear about, say his name, repeat their name, how there is actually a spiritual aspect the leaders of BLM have admitted to these uh 
to the repetition of the names of the dead. Okay, that is not just something that they do as a hashtag. There's something very spiritual about it. That's not something I made up. That's not something the just thinking guys made up. That is something that the leaders of BLM have said themselves. Go back and you need to listen to their podcast, The Church of BLM, and realize it is a spiritual religious movement. And when they say say their name, it is more of an incantation than it is just a social media hashtag. Joe Biden, I am sure, does not even know that. Nevertheless, he says we must continue to speak Breonna Taylor's name, support her family still in grieving, which, by the way, I agree with whether or not whatever you think about this case, her family still lost a daughter, her her friends still lost a friend, lost a sister. And so we should absolutely care about her family. We should absolutely pray for her family. She's still an image bearer. I believe that she shouldn't have died, whether or not you believe that the police officer's actions were justified. I wish that she were still alive. I'm always for the preservation of life. That doesn't mean necessarily that I think the officer should be tried with murder when the facts aren't there, though. But yes, we should be praying for her family. Her family did, by the way, get a $12 million settlement from the city. Um, And okay, he goes on to say, and never give up on ensuring the full promise of America for every American. Uh, He goes on to say in his full statement, we know what is necessary. We need to start by addressing the use of excessive force, banning chokeholds and overhauling no knock warrants. Well, Joe, none of those things have to do with this case. There was no excessive force that was found, unfortunately, misdirected force. Uh, But there were no chokeholds. There wasn't a no-knock warrant. And so those reforms would not have stopped Breonna Taylor from being killed. And by the way, as Vody Bauckham talked about on this podcast, chokeholds can save lives. Proper chokeholds are what help uh, officers disarm and disable a suspect without having to shoot them, without having to use uh, fatal force. So proper chokeholds, well-trained chokeholds, if if those are banned, well, then you are possibly, unfortunately, going to get the, the, the use of guns. What else are they supposed to do? I think a lot of activists just believe that cops should let armed suspects go. That it doesn't really matter if they pose a threat to the people around them or to the police officers themselves, that they should just... Uh, that, that they should just allow the suspects to run free. But again, that's not justice and that is not uh, wise. Joe Biden's statement puts the blame on police, on the police force in general, when again, there is not evidence of a systemic problem towards a particular race in the police force in 2020. Has there been? Yes. But today, is there evidence of a systemic problem? Now, I think one racist cop is one too many. think they should be fired 1,000%. I don't think we should be protecting bad cops. I don't think we should always be on the side of the police officer just because we want to back the blue. I want to back the truth. I want to back justice. And so when a police officer is wrong, we need to be able to say that they are wrong. I'm not saying that we need to always be on the side of the police. But we also can't castigate wholesale the police force Uh, because of a case that we do not agree with. 
So I'm not saying that there are no racist cops or that there are no problems in the police force. Uh, I don't want a corrupt police force. I don't want a bad police force. I don't want a police force that uses excessive force. And so I agree with that. But we have to make sure that the problems that we are uh, that we are pointing out are real and that the solutions that we are giving are actually effective. Uh, So Joe's statement advances the narrative that all cops are to blame, that the justice system failed, that this is a pattern against black people. And it just feeds the anger, even though he says and Kamala says, you know, violence and looting aren't the answer. But falling back on the narrative that this was about race and that this was about a bad police force when, in fact, the police in this case were doing their jobs based on a lot of investigation and evidence uh, that just stokes the flames of, res- of resentment and division, unfortunately. And it, it leads to two cops, two cops who did not do anything wrong, getting shot in Louisville. And God does not care any less about the lives of those two police officers than he does Breonna Taylor's life. Thankfully, those two police officers are alive. Like I said, I wish Breonna Taylor was alive. But God doesn't show the same partiality that the outrage mob shows. And we all, in in some ways, show partiality. God isn't partial. He is not partial. And so our outrage, our anger, our definitions of justice should align with his. God is is not dictated by what the mob thinks is just. And thank goodness for that. Like, aren't we so glad that we are not ruled uh, by mob justice and that God is just, that he is truthful, that he is impartial and that he has satisfied his very just wrath on Jesus Christ on the behalf of believers. I'm, I'm just so thankful for that. So again, I think that even though Kamala Harris and Joe Biden have said, you know, violence is not the answer, which look, I think it's good. I think it's good that they said that. I liked that Kamala Harris came out and said, we're holding the two, two police officers that were shot in our hearts. Now that's too little too late. Uh, do I think it's political posturing? Yes, but all politicians do political posturing. Trump does political posturing. So we can't say, oh, that's political posturing when Democrats do it. And I don't believe it. But we do believe it when Trump does it. Either we don't believe in either case or we believe it in both cases. And I would say all politicians do political posturing. I do think it was political posturing, uh, you know, by Kamala Harris to say, oh, we're holding the cops in our hearts when, you know, she's talked about quote, reimagining public safety. And Joe Biden has talked about redirecting funds away from the police. And they continually cast the blame on the police force and systemic racism, feeding the flames again of this anger and this violence. But I thought the statement uh, that she made about the police officers and not wanting violence was good. I think we need more uh, like that. Um, Now, again, why are these rioters burning things down and looting. Uh, what was the outcome that they wanted? Because I think they would have rioted anyway. I've said this before, and I've talked about why I think this. I think all of these riots are um, not just well-funded, they're well-organized, they're pre-planned. Uh, there was no chance, they know this, they've known this, that there was no chance of this officer being charged with murder Uh, so I just, I believe that they were lying in wait for all of this. They were lying in wait to destroy and to burn their definition of quote, justice is just the worst 
possible punishment, no matter what the facts of the case are. They knew that wasn't going to happen. And so they were waiting around. There was actually a video of Antifa taking tools out of a U-Haul who are that already had the signs and stuff with Breonna Taylor's name uh, as soon as the speech ended, ready to steal, kill and destroy. That's not justice. These are people who want to do evil. I'm not saying that there aren't people who are genuinely upset. There aren't peaceful protesters because they are and they should not be conflated. But the people who are organized behind these riots and behind the looting, who are orchestrating this stuff and funding this stuff, they are evil people who are using racial flashpoints um, to cause chaos and anarchy in order to gain power. That's what all of this is about. This is uh, not really about racism. This is not really about racial justice. This is about trying to paint the picture that America is very bad and needs to be burned to the ground and rebuilt into a socialist utopia, which we know is actually a dystopia. All of these people constantly threatening to burn everything down, who are harassing diners uh, outside in D.C., who are stopping civilian vehicles, telling them to raise their fist and do a certain chant. People who are terrorizing uh, cities. Uh, They are led by the Democrats in the Democratic Party who are saying things like uh, they are going to burn uh, the system to the ground if Trump gets his SCOTUS pick. And so you have these people who are threatening to literally destroy everything, literally and figuratively uh, destroy everything if they do not get their way and they want you to vote for them to have more power. Some of these people, I'm not talking about all Democrats, not talking about all the people on the left, But the powers that be and the activists left for sure are waiting around to do evil, to shed blood and to cause destruction and chaos. Proverbs 1 is very clear about who these kinds of people are according to their actions. Proverbs 1, 11 through 16. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole. Like those who go down to the pit, we shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths for their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. And this is abominable to God. God hates this. This is injustice. This is sin. And these. this is a great description of the people who are behind all of this chaos and destruction. And the Lord is telling us to run from it. That is not justice, revenge, retribution, destruction, looting, rioting is not justice. Uh, also, uh, once again, Like I said, uh, the city is run by Democrats. So if you're talking about burning things to the ground and voting for the people that you want to have power, I'm just curious who you are going to vote for. Crime is up in these cities. Riots are happening in these cities. These cases are arising in these uh, cities. And you've got uh, Democrats in places like uh, Dallas and Minneapolis and Seattle, Portland, all saying that they are redirecting some funding, at least New York, some funding away from the police. Who does that help? Does that is that going to cause fewer police shootings when you have officers that are worse trained, that are making less money? 
unable to attract good virtuous police officers because your police department is in shambles. As I talked about with Yako Buyans, um, when you cut funds away from the police, what you are cutting, uh, cutting funds away from are typically these special teams that, for example, target sex traffickers. And it is impossible to stop sex trafficking without local law enforcement. So when you are cutting funds, you're not actually making it less likely that people are going to get shot and killed uh, by the police. What you're doing is you're making it more likely to have more victims of violent crime. And you're making it more likely for things like trafficking to happen because there is no one trained in these departments to actually stop it. And so defunding the police, directing funding away from the police, as Joe Biden has agreed we need actually helps no one. And it hurts a lot of people. Listen to this. I thought this was a crazy headline by Jason Rance at MyNorthwest.com. The city of Seattle gave $150,000 contract to Andre Taylor, a former pimp, to offer expertise on de-escalation and alternatives to policing. Meanwhile, the council just defunded the police and now up to 100 cops have been fired. It's crazy. It's crazy, crazy. I got a lot. I got a lot more to say. I want to say one thing real fast um, and then we'll be done with this episode. I don't even have time to get all into all the other stuff I, I, I wanted to say. Well, first of all, just make sure you know the truth. Don't perpetuate false narratives. Make sure that you dig into this yourself. Make sure that your definition of justice is God's definition of justice. Um, I just want to ask you guys to pray for my fellow Blaze TV host, Lauren Chen and her family. Her dad has been diagnosed with liver cancer. They live up in, in Canada. He has been going through tests since last winter and uh, because of the Canadian healthcare system, it's a socialized healthcare system. It's so bogged down. It's so terrible that people people for these kinds of circumstances and these kinds of sicknesses, their testing and their procedures are continually put off. They're deferred sometimes. Um, they're deferred forever sometimes unknowingly. They don't know actually when he is going to be able to get the procedure and get the surgery that he needs and get the care that uh, his cancer necessitates. And so they're looking for uh, ways to get treatment and help here. And I think that she has successfully been able to do that. And I don't mean to make this political, but because this is a matter of life and death, it's so important to point out that thousands of people around the world every year have to do what Lauren Chin's family is doing because socialized health care is exactly the same everywhere as it is in Canada. It is bogged down. You're unable to efficiently and effectively get the life-saving care that you need in so many cases. And so people come here. Here is where people come to get quickly the life-saving care that they need. There is nowhere else in the world that does health care, life-saving care for things like cancer and life-threatening illnesses and and, uh, and procedures. There is nowhere else that people can go except for America. And the only reason America has the innovation and the care and the quickness that we need and that everyone needs around the world is because we do not have socialized care. If we have socialized medicine like Canada, there's nowhere for people to go. People are just waiting endlessly to get their cancer taken care of because a socialized healthcare system is so bogged down and so inefficient. There is no incentive for innovation or for quickness whatsoever. And so you have people in destitute situations and thank the Lord, they do have the opportunity to come to the United States, but pray for her family. Pray for her dad that God uh, would heal him, that they would be able to get the care that they need, that God would give them comfort and give them peace. If you can send her any encouragement or let her know that you are praying for them, I know that would mean a lot to them. But 
realize that policy matters, that it affects people's lives, and that it's important that we realize the truth of our system here. Our healthcare system is not perfect, but it is a beacon of hope for people everywhere around the world every year. So I just wanted to finish with that. Again, so much more to say, but I just don't have time. Uh, We will be back here on Monday. 